Hey, Kenzie, you know what bothers me? What, Casey? Terrible intro music. Oh, bother! All right, everybody, so welcome to our third episode of Oh, Bother. What? We've done three of these? Well, we're about to do three. Oh, my goodness. Once we get done, this will be number three. Good Lord, it's a trilogy. Now. We yeah, can right stop now. now. This would be a trilogy after this. Yeah, so everyone uh, would have to deduce the meaning behind these three episodes. Just these three. <laughs> That's well, the entire the, plot. What's the connection between these three <laughs> topics? If you figure it out, you'll, fi- uh, you'll uh, find where we buried our treasure. I'm really glad you ended that sentence with treasure and not bodies. I feel like I've been talking about dead bodies too much today. Anywho... Uh, I mean, if that's what you define as treasure. No, I do not. <laughs> I I define it as classic pirate's <clears throat> treasure, like a nice chest oh. full of gold, rubies. What would you do with gold? Maybe a cutlass. Do you, like, take that to the bank? Uh, you can't take it to the bank, but you can take it to places that, what? you know, you, <laughs> so, you, you sell it to a gold dealer who gives you money. Okay, so let then, me... Let me break this down. If we find classic pirate's treasure, you're saying you take it to one of those shady gold guys from the TV? I don't know what other options are here. Why would you want to find buried treasure? What's the incentive anymore? There's too many. There's an errand with it. You can't just walk into like Vons and buy a soda with your gold. Well, the incentive is I'm (laughs) poor and I need money. Anyway, this is the third episode (laughs) of Oh Bother Again. My name is Casey. My name is Kenzie. And before we uh, get down into our main uh, bothersome topics of the week, we do have a correction from last week. Or maybe maybe not a correction, but an answer to a question. Some additional um, information. Yeah, so last week, Kenzie asked, you know, can you just take a license plate from one car and put it on the other car? And um, as I thought, the answer is no, but for a little bit of elaboration. <laughs> um, so it, the laws vary a bit from state to state, but basically you can put a license plate from one car onto another as long as you go through the proper, you know, government uh, system to do that. So you got to fill out some paperwork. You probably have to pay an application fee. Then you can put a license plate onto a different car. But you can't just take it from one car and put it on another. If you get caught, they will assume your car is stolen, and then that will be bad. But if you got a real swell vanity license plate, like Boobs 9, and you really want to, like, keep that yours... Then you can. Or I guess you could have boob 69. That's enough letters. I I mean, I guess I you could. You just have to pay the fee and sign the paperwork, I guess. So could the you proper- imagine boob 69 at the DMV just, like, filling out his paperwork? I'm sure the DMV has uh, witnessed that. Maybe that's why they're so grumpy. Oh. It wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. Anyway, let's get into our little uh, baby bothers of the week. <laughs> Bother let's. Bother let's. All right. So, uh, Kenzie, do you want to go first? I can go first. So, my bother is something that I thought was pretty relatable, but I brought it up to Casey and she said that it was not. Um, I mean, I, I relate. I don't know. Uh, you relate on some level, but you weren't like, this ruins my day. Okay. So, if I'm wearing socks in my home and I step in a puddle... That, like, infuriates me on a deep level. And, I mean, like, I'll just, like, on the outside, I'll just take the sock off and move on with my day. And normally, like, it's my fault that the puddle is there or it's, like, 
the pet in the helm's fault. Like, we have a cat here, so he drinks water out of a bowl. Out of a bowl. I feel like I'm not enunciating enough. I I think you're fine. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, and, like, I love my dog, and she does the same thing. So, like, I understand why my sock is wet, and I shouldn't be that angry about it, but it still angers me. And one time... <laughs> I dated a guy, and we connected on that bother, and it, like, created a great bond between us. This was the guy who, whenever you'd go to restaurants, who, uh, the waitress would come by and request, and then he would request a stack of napkins. No, he would just say, can I get a stack? And then the waitress was supposed to know what that meant. He would just be like, can I get a stack? And then, like, if we went to, like... A fast casual restaurant he'd turn to me and be like gotta go get my stack yeah he basically like made up his own language but like not (laughs) (laughs) they're not together anymore just so you all know he dumped me though so like really is it is it an ending i mean i don't know how how deep we want to get into this topic (laughs) (laughs) we're too deep let me go into my baby bother. Let's, yeah, please. This is so weird now. Let, let's I'm pivot. I'm so uncomfortable. Let's pivot to my <laughs> baby bother. Okay, go on. You can't see me, listeners, but basically what I'm doing is I'm spinning in my chair She's while, I, while I say the word pivot. But It's cute. Anyway. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my baby bother of the week is actually an ongoing bother for me. It's it's mm. essentially my biggest pet peeve, and it's very specific. <laughs> So it's whenever I'm in a car and I'm driving people around, like I'm going to take them back to their homes and I'm, say, driving at least two people back to their homes. They live at different places. And I drop the person sitting in the front seat off first. Okay, (laughs) then instead of just, you know, getting out of the car like a normal person, uh, the person in the back seat will say the same joke that you hear a million times. Oh, now you're my chauffeur. You can chauffeur me. It's, I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it is probably my biggest pet peeve is having someone in the back seat say, now you can chauffeur me instead of just getting into the front seat. Okay, now, this doesn't bother me, but I just realized why it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. It's never happened to me. I've done it to people. Ooh, <laughs> so ooh. I've never been on the receiving end of that. Now that I've heard it from your perspective, I'm going to stop doing it. See, this is why there isn't going to be a fourth episode of the podcast. Oh my god! I'm learning to be a better person. I hope that I can teach you things as well. See, I don't know what it is about this very specific thing that bothers me so much. Maybe it's just because I've heard I've this joke. I've never done it to you, though. You have never done it to me. That's very true. And maybe it's just because I've heard the joke so many times. Yeah. And it just seems like very like an easy joke for people to make. Well, and like... that bothers me. Or maybe it's just... I, I don't know. When I worked retail... <laughs> Whenever something didn't have a price tag on it at the register, or like it wouldn't scan, people would be like, so it's free, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that. It's the same kind of thing for me. It's exactly. that same. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. It's that overused joke. Yes, precisely. Anyway. Speaking of wanting to be a better person, <laughs> we're going to get into our topic for today. And Kenzie's is... going to take point on this one because, well, I'll let her. I'll let I, her I know on. a lot about this topic. Um. We're going to talk about why certain self-help novels bug me. Actually, just the concept of self-help novels bug me. 
because I've read a lot of them and I feel like they haven't helped me. <laughs> and Casey's just laughing because she's like, I know you're a mess. <laughs> You've continued to be a mess. I think that's what bothers me about self-help books is, um, see, I, they don't, I don't think they bother me as much as they bother you, but yeah. you know, like they don't bother me at all when they're just sitting on a shelf in a store, but if someone were to give me one, well, that would bother <laughs> me a lot. I've gotten them as gifts from my mom a lot. Like, my mom knows I'm a mess, but, like, I don't know. I think it's just because I'm, like, a very gullible and insecure little munchkin, and um, I'm especially privy to the ploy of self-help novels. So I own a lot of them. But today we're going to be talking about a very specific one that, like, really bothers me, Mm -hmm. just on a deep level. Right. And that's because someone referenced it to me in real life recently. And it really got, like, one of my coworkers, we were going to a place and we were, like, running an errand for our job. And he was like, I heard there's going to be a baby goat there. And I said, no, there isn't. Stop messing with us. And then he said, Use the secret to summon a baby goat. (laughs) And I was annoyed. I was very bothered. That was when I realized that the secret bothered me because people look at it like it's a magic genie secret. And you can just wish everything you want into existence. And that literally, if you've never read the book, it is literally about using your mind as Aladdin's genie lamp and just rubbing your mind... (laughs) <laughs> for everything you want. <laughs> so for those of us who are, you know, more unfamiliar with this uh, secret, could you give us a little bit of, like, background information about it and then also, like, what its main thesis is? All right. So I learned about the secret from the place where everyone learns about the secret, Oprah. I bought it at Costco because that's where you buy the secret. <laughs> you hear about it from Oprah, you buy it at Costco. That's how it comes into your life. That's how your mom got it. Um... And basically, the strategy, I would say, of the secret, the method, is that it's very similar to the power of positive thinking. So it's that same idea of, like, if you're thinking positively, then great things will happen to you, which is true. If you're a negative person, you kind of attract negative things versus if you're positive, there are all these opportunities that you'll see that you didn't see if you were negative. And that makes sense to me. But the secret literally says, think about the things that you want and you will bring them into your life. Now, I spent a long time visualizing the car I wanted (laughs) and imagining myself behind the wheel of it. And it's a white Jeep Wrangler. That is what I've wanted for the past five years. It is what I will continue to want into eternity because I want to be Lorelai Gilmore and it's a whole thing. But I do not have a white Jeep Wrangler. I like my car, but, you know. Yeah. The secret didn't, like, work. You know what I mean? So I was not super familiar with The Secret prior to Kenzie bringing it up this week for the <laughs> podcast. So I definitely have not read the book, but we did watch part of the movie. Because this book was, uh, it didn't start out as a book. It started out as a documentary. Oh, it did? Yeah, the, I, from what I've read, the book is based on the documentary. Oh my goodness. So it was this movie, which is a pretty bonkers movie. Oh yeah. That is basically, you know, extolling all the virtues of 
The Secret. And uh, I don't know if it's a good movie, but I will give it this. It's a very distinct movie. There was more production value in it than I was expecting there to be. Uh, but it's uh, it's a documentary that, I mean, basically explains all the things that are also in the book. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, and I think my problem with it when I was watching this movie was it was a lot of uh, groups of people saying the same thing over and over again in different ways, which is the main reason why a lot of self-help books <laughs> bother me Yeah, is that they it just seems like it's uh, people saying one thing over and over and over again right. uh, in different ways. And, uh, yeah, or, or they're filled with, like, common sense information that, you know, uh, that you should already know, I guess. This transcends common sense. Yeah, no, I'm not saying this, this is secret. not common sense. The secret's not common sense. <laughs> I don't know of anyone who's, like, read The Secret and become successful. I mean, I'm sure those are, those stories are out there, but, like, most of the people who have written in this book, it seems like it's just kind of a coincidence that they were successful and they believe in this hoax. Yeah. <clears throat> I I mean, I don't recognize the names of a lot of the people. I recognize who... Jack Canfield, the chicken soup for the soul guy. Okay, so the chicken soup for the soul guy believes in the secret. Take that as you will. My, the only uh, self-help book that I have ever read was the book uh, How, to, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, which I had to read for a class. And I mean, that's not a bad book. It's, uh, I don't think it's this, it's definitely not the kind of like cult-like self-help book that The Secret is, but... It was Charles Manson's favorite book. I mean, but just because it was his favorite (laughs) book doesn't mean it's a bad book. Like when you read How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's, uh, you know, most of the stuff he's saying is just like... Don't be a dick. Yeah, like be nice to people and people (laughs) will like you. Like when you're talking to people, listen to them. Ask them questions about their interests. Smile at them. You know, it's really like basic (laughs) stuff that, you know, you can use to uh, get people like you. And I mean, it's very creepy that if that was Charles Manson's favorite book, clearly he was using that uh, those tactics to manipulate people in a very bad way. But, I mean, if your goal is to just make more friends, honestly, just listening to people and asking them questions about themselves is very basic information that is as true uh, today as it was when that book was first written in, like, the 1930s. (laughs) I'm just flipping through The Secret. There's, like, a good 20 pages of them just hyping up what The Secret is before they're going to tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also don't like this book aesthetically because... It has such a clear branding. It sort of looks like uh, the same branding as, like, Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. Right, yeah. <laughs> it has, like, I'm sure you've seen The Secret. Who am I to assume that, though? It has, like, a wax stamp behind, like, calligraphy letters that say The Secret. And then it has, like, this old-timey... What is that word? What's the like, paper called? Oh. It looks like a scroll. It looks like a map, yeah. Like yeah. an old-timey map, <clears throat> sort of. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm going to read off some of the job titles of the people who contributed on this book, because they're interesting, you know? There was a metaphysician. We'll get to him. There's Bob <laughs> Proctor, philosopher, author, and personal coach. Okay. Clearly, he's doing that. Um, Dr. John Vitale metaphysician, marketing specialist, and author. We got 
Dr. John D. Martini, philosopher, chiropractor, healer, personal transformation specialist. Oh boy. It's gonna get weirder. Um, we got Michael Bernard Beckwith, visionary and founder of Agape International Spiritual Center. We got Jack Canfield, author, teacher, motivational speaker. Um, oh my god. Dr. Dennis Waitley, psychologist and trainer in the field of mind potential. Oh. And then we have John Azaraf. Entrepreneur and money-making expert. <laughs> that is a job title I would like to add to the end of my job title. Kenzie Paul, comedy writer and money-making expert. <laughs> Hire me. See, none of and the, maybe our big problem with the seeker is you know like a lot of these tactics can't apply to us because yeah. you know being uh, pessimistic is like literally our brand right now. Our podcast is called. <laughs> Oh, bother. We We're talk bringing about, bothers into our lives. We talk about things that bother us when the main tenet of the secret is to just ignore the things that bother yeah. you and just be happy about your day. Well, yeah, you're only supposed to think positive thoughts, which I mean, normally I think I do. I don't know. Like, I think I complain a lot out loud, but in my head I'm like, this is fun. I live in Burbank. That's an area. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I think our other problem with The Secret is that it's not just telling you to think positively. It's almost making it seem as though uh, thinking positively is like this tangible thing that you yeah. can just do and then your life will change. Like it's like it's as simple as opening a door. As soon as you physically open this door, your life will be great. But there's, you know, there's more to it than that. Well, and they talk about the practice of it. And they say that you are the... You're the sculptor of your own life, which just, I mean, like, it's semi-true, I guess, but it's not really true, because life cannot be sculpted. Life is its own bitch. <laughs> bench? Bitch. Oh. Biatch. Life is also its own bench. Explain. I can't. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you know what self-help book i do like though mm. most of them annoy me because they've been no help to me whatsoever the only self-help book that's really like helped me out i would say is the subtle art of not giving a f word thank you for keeping it clean we're a clean <laughs> podcast yeah technically we're a family-friendly podcast on itunes yep right yeah, as uh, long as we don't use any bad words. <laughs> are we actually, are they going to check on us? I don't know. How many subscribers do we have? I think we have like two or three. I don't know if we have any subscribers. Yeah, we do. I subscribe to it. Oh, I don't get any notifications about that, so. Well, I don't know how to check it, so our listeners, we could have millions of fans and just not even know about it. We definitely don't have millions of fans. <laughs> I would be able to check. Last time I checked, our podcast had eight listens. Ooh, look at us. Yeah. How many of those were you? I don't think any, unless it counts <gasps> whenever I listen to, like, the very beginning of the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very proud of our intro. It was my idea, so I show it to people. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. 
Anyway, you uh, this one self-help book you really liked. Why did you like it? I liked it because it was very no-nonsense and funny. And also, you shouldn't give a fudge. Like, mm-hmm. if you really think about it, what most people think about you isn't really that important. Other than, you know, obviously your boss and your friends people you respect but like the vast majority of people like you do not need to care what they think about you and I have severe social anxiety or I did as a kid so I used to care about what strangers thought of me all the time which really just is not important you don't seem like you care what strangers think of you yeah I really don't but I mean I used to uh especially like when I was a teenage girl I think when you are a teenage girl you just care a ton about what other people think of you like constantly and uh, yeah I don't know when that turned off for me because I definitely went from caring about that like caring about what other people thought like all the time that was like one of my main things to now I just don't care at all (laughs) and I think it had something to go with just like going to college and like really finding my people and finding people who liked me the way I was uh and you know that went a long way to making me more confident in myself um so yeah yeah you seem like a very self-assured person that's why you're allowed to hang out with me (laughs) because I balance you out or (laughs) probably yeah I'm very insecure yeah. Um, you have anything else to say about The Secret? Um, not about The Secret, but I was going to talk again about the only self-help book that I think <laughs> I've ever read, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Please elaborate. I remember when I first read it, I felt almost like validated because I was like, oh, this is stuff that I already do. <laughs> like, I, I always ask people questions about their lives and like what they're doing, what they want to be doing, how they got to where they are now. Because I think it's interesting. And it's yeah. also... Well, and then she reports back to me. So I feel like <laughs> I've had all these conversations with people, even though I have it. Yeah, I definitely know a lot of stuff about everybody. And it's not because I was creepy. It's not because I stalked <laughs> them. It's just because I ask people questions about their lives and I remember the information. <laughs> um, one of the other things in How to Win Friends and Influence People is like, you shouldn't what is it the best way to win an argument is just not to have one in the first place why that one's hard for me i love i love a good argument i love a good lively oh debate but i agree it's not the best way to make people like wait you. are you confrontational i wouldn't say i'm confrontational but if someone's wrong about something oh, yeah. i will just i, I will say <laughs> i that they're wrong and I'll i tell stir them drama in the break room and then i leave that's what uh, i i just pick well okay The only fights I really pick with people now are if people insult Marvel Mm. in our break room. I'm just like, this is not, nowhere is an okay space to insult Marvel. This is another baby bother that I'm just going to throw out there. But it made me think of this. It's like whenever people still use the phrase, like, uh, it's still a better love story than Twilight. It's been 10 years. <laughs> it's been more than 10 years. Wait, it's years. been 10 years? And the first movie came oh, out God. in, like, I think it came out in 2008 or 2009. <sighs> I'm so old. But. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just such an old reference, and I'm like, just just let it go. People loved it. It's time has passed. <laughs> you can let it go. Stop talking about it. Except for the baseball scene. That was majestic. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. There's There's some iconic stuff in that film. 
No, here's here's a debate that I I'm the one who always starts it. Okay. It's so when I was in uh, college, I took a class on musicals, right? Mm-hmm. And it was uh, based in this like uh, this one textbook of musical film theory that categorizes all these different musicals and blah blah. Anyway, through all these different systems of analysis, we came to the conclusion that The Wizard of Oz is not a musical. What? Yeah, because. And even back in the day, when it was when like they were marketing the Wizard of Oz, they didn't describe it as a musical because even though there's music in it, it didn't have a romance. And way back in the day, when people went to go see musicals, they weren't just getting a movie with music; they were also getting a movie with a romance. So they didn't want to confuse audiences, so they didn't even market it as a musical. So now, whenever someone talks about like the Wizard of Oz being a musical, I am the worst person in the room. I immediately say, well, The Wizard of Oz isn't a musical, and this is why. Oh my god. <laughs> and it's, Jesus Christ. And I think that, and that's There's the argument. at work that you could get, like, really pissed off about that. Oh yeah, no, it's terrible. Have you done it at work? I don't think I've ever brought it up at you work. I'm gonna, but... I'm gonna give you a list of names, and I'm just gonna, like, let you go. I, it needs to be brought up organically. <laughs> Okay, that's the that's the I think that's probably the worst thing that I do as a human being is tell people mm, that I if don't. If that's believe. the worst thing you do as a human being, I think you're fine. I think the worst thing that people do is like subtly brag about themselves. Fair. Yeah, the worst is when I watch someone like give themselves a compliment for like ordering something off a menu. Mm. Yeah, they're like, I did great ordering. <laughs> <laughs> See, when I do the Wizard of Oz things, like even as I'm saying everything, I'm like, in my in my head, I'm like, I am the worst person ever. But I you're keep not the doing worst it. person ever, though. You're not even close. Uh, oh my goodness. What just in those moments? When I talk about the Wizard of Oz, I am the worst person. When we're talking about film history, and I'm not at work or like in LA with other film nerds, I'm the worst person in the room. I actually had to leave Sacramento because I felt myself annoying people. Yeah. Did that happen to you, like as a kid? Um, I think what annoyed people more when I was a kid would be uh, when I watched the Harry Potter movies with my mom, I love the Harry Potter novels, the books, and I would just complain throughout the entire movie <laughs> about how different everything was. Oh my god! And I don't do that anymore, but I did that a lot <laughs> when I was in high school. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I talked a lot about film history when I was in my hometown. I went to college in LA, and then I came back for a year, and. In that amount of time, I learned how to talk about TV all the time because in LA, you can pretty much talk about TV to anyone and they all watch it. But in Sacramento, people like have families and lives. (laughs) Gardens. They have gardens up there. They go hiking a lot more than we do. I mean, they rock climb a lot. Mm. They rock climb like a really guilty for me amount of time i like a good hike i do not like a good rock climb i want to be good at rock climbing but i'm afraid of heights when i get up there yeah i'm terrified of heights yeah i've definitely so i'll climb and then i'll be like oh no i've definitely done rock climbing twice and i got (laughs) to barely that high off the ground and i'm just like clinging to the wall (laughs) paralyzed with fear like i yeah i don't Think of myself as being that scared of many things, but I'm really scared of heights. The most famous guy who graduated from my high school is a professional rock climber named Alex Honnold. And he's 
he like climbs boulders without rocks or without ropes mm-hmm. with lots of rocks. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have friends who go rock climbing. Um, one of my friends just texted me that she, quote, got me some REI points. Nice. Meaning that she used probably my phone number at REI, which was very nice of her. I get some points for that. But Wait, I bet, can I do that? Yeah, I bet she was oh using some. Oh my god, they'll yeah. stop bugging me to sign up. When I got my Hydro Flask at REI, I was there with my sister, and they were like, do you want to sign up for an REI co-op card? If you mm-hmm. come here a lot, it's a really great deal. And I was like, you guys, I never go outside except for my job. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't have to, I'm not really out. I mean, actually, I am. Yeah. My friend would probably buy in some rock climbing gear. She does that a lot. Does um, but Disneyland they still... count as outside? What? Does Disneyland count as outside? I would not count that as outside. That's not an outdoor Although, activity. I guess you could get like a good backpack at REI for going to Disney. Yeah. There's like, that's a place where you need a good back, like a day pack for the day. Yeah. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. I have an, I have an REI MasterCard mm-hmm. and I was handing it to a cashier at a store I was at. And he said, oh, REI, I was just, I was just driving by there the other day and I really had to stop myself from going in. And then I was like, oh, yeah, REI is great. It makes me think of home. And then he's like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Montana. And I'm like, it's really bad that the REI, like a store, <laughs> makes me think of my home. But it does. I yeah. walk in and I'm like, oh, yes, I'm back. <laughs> Kayaks are everywhere. <laughs> Look, there's a paddleboard. I could, I could buy. See, I feel like you backpack. have. I don't have, like, negative opinions on Sacramento. It's because I still have friends that live there who I miss, but it's just not a place where I ever fit in. (laughs) See, I never really fit in my hometown in Montana. It's a very, very small town. But I loved the town where I went to college in, Bozeman, Montana. It's a beautiful place. Um, Very outdoorsy. And I found a lot of people there that I fit in with. See, I went to college in a suburb of Southern California that was very similar to where I grew up in Sacramento. And I'm just not a suburb person. Like, I'm just, I'm not one of those, like, played soccer as a kid. Like, you're a city gal. I'm definitely urban. That's fair. Yeah. Urban or rural. No in between. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how rural have you been what's your definition of rural because <laughs> i'm from I rural montana coffee fields yet <laughs> i don't know if i would describe that even as rural that's just like nature when i think i rural... like the beach <laughs> did you hear your voice yeah i like the beach i know that i have a valley girl voice and i can whip it out anytime i want like the beach too yeah Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Oh my uh, god! So what? How are we gonna ra- how are we gonna wrap this one up? How are we, how are we gonna, gonna wrap, wrap this one up? Self help novels. Um, this is how I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm gonna say if you ever have you know a joint and a pal, and you want to get high and watch an interesting movie on Netflix, I would say go with the secret. Like you may you may have an interesting experience with it. Um, does that? negate our clean podcast thing i don't know i'd say even if you watched it sober it's an interesting experience if you want to really weird someone out 
sit them down and have them watch The Secret. Invite a male friend over that you want to be more than friends with. And maybe, no, definitely don't use this to get out of the friend zone. I was going to say the exact opposite. Invite, <laughs> like, uh, oh. a guy over that you're trying to scare off. Oh, yeah. How to lose a guy in 10 days style. Oh, yeah. Make them watch The Secret and then make them write an essay on it. Oh, no, all gone. you do is you have them watch The Secret and then you lean over real close and you go, I've been thinking about you a lot. <laughs> and then you can get rid of him. Bam! That's the secret. Oh, man. Ha! <laughs> the power of positive thinking. Okay, now I have an idea for how we should end our podcast from now on. Okay. I think we should do the opposite of a bother and, like, end it with positive things that's a that's a good way an anti-bother i'm a fan of that okay okay so the other day i was driving down the road down a main road in burbank and it didn't have a divider on it Mm -hmm. and a fire truck came past with its Mm -hmm. sirens on and we all moved to the right side of the road and then we all went back and nobody cut anybody off and i was like this very doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very unbothered by this. Nice. So this is something that happened a few weeks ago, but it's probably one of the best things that, hap- that has happened to me in a long time. Like, it's just one of those really, like, nice moments of human kindness, I guess. Um, so I was in the a Target parking lot, base, and this uh, dad and his two kids were selling Girl Scout cookies, and they asked me if I wanted to buy some, and I said, uh, you probably only take cash, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm like, I only have a dollar. I would if I could. Anyway, so I'm walking away and then I hear this lady behind me saying, wait, 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 come back. And then I'm like, I turn around, I think I dropped something, you know, so I turn around I'm like, what, what's going on? And this lady is like, I really want to make a donation like to the Aww. Girl Scouts, but I, I can't have sweets. Oh, so just go ahead and pick out a box. Casey. And so I got a box of Thin Mints, and yeah, then you did. I also felt bad because it's not like I can't. I, I, it's not like I can't afford Girl Scout cookies. I just didn't have any cash. Yeah. So I gave them my last dollar, but like it was just very nice. My of this last lady. dollar. Yeah. <laughs> my last physical dollar. Yeah. It was nice of this lady to buy me some Girl Scout cookies. Like that was just, that was just like such a nice nice thing. It like brightened my whole day. Yes. Great. It was. Anyway, so that is the end of our uh, third episode. On we did it! We did it. That was all about uh, self-help Yay. books. Uh, I hope this helped you out a little. It probably didn't. I don't know why I'm saying that. I don't know. I hope you feel better. It's definitely not a self-help podcast we're putting you know on what? here. <laughs> we told people to listen when other people talk to them, and I feel like that's all the self-help that people need. Yeah, honestly, just when, <laughs> just if you have anything to take away from this, when people are talking to you, just listen to them, and they'll like you. Yeah. Be kind to each other. Don't I... read a whole book to, to learn no. that. Just, just do it. <laughs> do it. Anyway, thanks for listening again, everybody. Again, if you're listening to this, you're probably our friend, so. Maybe you're Thank not. Thank you, friend. Hi, new friend. Hello. Hello, new friend. Hello, Kenzie's mom. Hi, mom. Also bad. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Bye.